listener, wherever you are in the world, and whatever time of day, night, or indeed time of your life you happen to be at, you're now listening to The Podding Shed. Now normally, it's a genteel and meandering wander through the perils, pitfalls, pratfalls, and potential prize-winning journey of the club we love that is Chelsea FC. But tonight is different. Tonight we have guests that will make this sound like an unruly house party where the kids are running everything whilst the parents are away. Um, tonight, we have a veritable cornucopia of capricious and yet considered talent and opinion, ensuring that you, the dear listener, uh, all half dozen of you or so, will feel the full gamut of passion and experience your own cognitive dissonance as we veer from opinion to opinion, making both loads of sense and no sense at all. There will be smut, there will be swearing. This is episode 88. And the second shed of the new 2017-2018 season as defending champions. Uh, this is because me, as your genial host, is fundamentally a slothful type of lazy bastard who buggered off to France for three and a bit weeks and then came back to drink himself to the edge of oblivion just a week after my return in order to show the youth of today that us oldies could still hack a stag weekend. Said stag weekend was in aid of my future son-in-law who marries my lovely daughter Vicky the day before we played checkbook checkbook Pulis, or the monotonous, miserable, moaning one, Jose Mourinho. Um, um, and uh, just to let you all know, I did actually hack it on the night, but age being what it is, um, the ability to shrug off such a hefty ale and shot-laden night meant I could not make the Arsenal game and had sensibly pre-sold my ticket on and made plans to watch that game from the comfort of my own hangover boudoir. Uh, it helped me sleep the whole thing off. Such was the dullness of that game. The episode is as yet untitled, but of course our dear leader, Nick, um, our very own version of Alan Parsons, will cast his expert eye and ear across the recording and undoubtedly pluck a title relating to something pithy, practical, pretentious, prickly, or maybe even perfect, with which to name it. So let's crack on and start by introducing tonight's Podding Shed Luminaries and Glitterati. Starting with me, of course, my name is Tony Glover, also known by my Twitter handle of UK, and for tonight... I'll be the Jeremy Kyle of the podcast, making sure that all of the other reprobates <laughs> uncover their deepest thoughts and secrets. And my word, what a panel we have tonight. First of all, our chief provider of musical interludes and off-piste comment, Donal, a.k.a. Dr. Underscore Blue Bio. Welcome, Donal. Oh, is <laughs> Donal gone? <laughs> Well, I'll do, a, I'll do a welcome Donal for him then. Um, well, uh, uh, hi, my name's Donal. Um, I normally play a bit of music at this point, um, and uh, he's actually disappeared. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> well, that's proof of nothing well, else. I just thought you would have live. to read that introduction all over again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll dial him in. I think something he must have dropped off or something. Um, uh, and I'll keep hearing them bloody Skype Tony, beats it, in the back. Your intro wasn't that boring, mate. I'm sure he hasn't dropped off to sleep. No, I'm sure he hasn't either. Um, but anyway, let's move on. After his recent run of successful appearances and fast becoming the voice of reason within the shed, we also welcome back the direct and yet considered Martin Wickham, also known as at Martin underscore Wickham on Twitter. Good evening, Martin. Good evening. No one has ever called me the voice of reason. Just thank you. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. It's all all in the hope that one day, you know, actually, um, you know, buy me a pint, maybe. Um, but actually, it's also a pleasure having him. And adding sparkle, wit, 
fascinating, fascinating insight and no doubt lots of razor-sharp barbs along with her love of balls. We welcome back one of the best blog writers around, a historian with humour, the lovely Alexandra Churchill, now parading her wares on Twitter as at CFCGWLB. Evening, Alex. Smart buddy! Yes, that buddy. Yes, this is what we want to hear. Um, oh, how are you doing? All right. I apologise to the whole of the Fulham Road that witnessed me copping a feel of you about half an hour before kickoff. <laughs> oh dear, that was a, that was it. it. Was a lovely, touching moment, and then of course we had Spliff guy walk past us. In the name of collecting for charity, or so I told everyone. <laughs> Indeed, and uh, and, and, and then Alex then promptly accused me, have you got a spliff going? I was like, no, but we, honestly, it was very strong. It you were vibes with the smell of weed. It, I'm sure it was you. Yeah, well, <laughs> if it was, then I, was, I, I should have been, well, it would have relaxed me for the game, that's for sure. Um, but uh, it, it, it wasn't me on this occasion. Sadly, I think that little avenue of pleasure is very rarely open these days. Um, <laughs> finally, but by mo- no means least, a very special guest. He's a raconteur. He's probably a racketeer. He's racy, <laughs> raunchy, respectful and reasonable. And he runs the most successful and popular, popular football podcast around. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I welcome the Archbishop of Podcasting, David Chidgey, or as we all know him, just Chidge, and he tweets us at Stanford Bridge. Good evening and welcome, Your Grace. Indeed. You forgot the other R uh, as a descriptor, which is rotund. <laughs> I, I could possibly, no, never possibly, ever, um, well, okay. ever, ever. I'll, I'll settle for rascally then. It's yes, Tony's, lastly, yes, that's... It's Tony's uh, policy never to insult anyone who might one oh. day buy him a drink. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's a good point. <laughs> oh, cool. that's a very good point. Yeah, there is that as well. Now, I, I believe the phrase is, don't burn your bridges. Um, yes, I'm indeed. looking at Donal. He's definitely... Donal's gone offline, so I'm imagining that exactly as I predicted, he's now frantically rebooting stuff and um, trying to reconnect crystal sets with raspberry pies and all sorts of um, technological marvels um, we'll move on we'll crack on and then when he comes in we'll get him to join in um, in the meantime uh, we'll start with part one about 20 25 minutes really just to run through uh, a review and now you know since we did the last pod in shed um, we'd only played Burnley and I thought well we could do all the games but we've done pretty well in all of them um, I have I appear to be the uh, the hex on home games by having turned up at Burnley, gone on holiday, uh, missed Arsenal, and then came back for Manchester City. So let's talk about um, the uh, Atletico Madrid, Atletico Madrid games and City games, because they were chalk and fucking cheese, as far as I could see. And um, I just want to run past, uh, and I will start, actually, I'll start with you, Alex, because um, I just want to go on about how brilliant we were against Atletico Madrid. It was such a shock for me. Um, you know, I, I, I sat down thinking, you know, we, it'll be another night of, of, of attrition football where we sit back and we defend and we counter-attack and we try and nick a goal or walk away with nil-nil and all, you know, throw our fists in the air and go, wow, we really did a good job there. Um, but we, we, we gave them a right, well, not a spanking, but we gave them a game of football and were by far the better team. So just give me your views on the Atletico Madrid game. 
I think we did spank them. I think we made them not play their game of football at their new home when I think they probably thought we'd come up and do exactly what you said, which was sit back and try not to lose. And I don't really care what anyone says. Well, you only scored with the last kick of the game. doesn't matter. We absolutely did them over all night long. They didn't know. They, they spent the whole game trying to adjust to our game, which I think was the genius behind it and why Conte did so well. But obviously as well, some of the... You could see on Sunday the the cost of the amount of effort that went in on the players' parts as well. Um, but no, it was it was phenomenal. I just I was praying that we didn't lose like four nil, like doing Arsenal against Bayern, and uh, <laughs> therefore give the Red Swarm um, an excuse to just cut us off all week. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I I go into. Um, people who've, who know me know that as a, I go back to 1970, and so I go into every game um, pleased if we don't lose 4-0. Um, <laughs> no matter who we're playing, really. Um, but that's what 27 years between 1970 and 97 um, of, of winning sod all um, uh, and just being a nearly man team does to you. Um, Chidge, going to move on to you. Um, it was hard for me looking at that and I, I go back like I said I go back to 1970 and I, I sort of remember vaguely the games that were broadcast um, back then in black and white when we went on to win the cup winners cup very very few of them were actually live and if they were they sounded like I probably sound to everybody tonight apparently um, but your thoughts because I, I can't I'm struggling to remember a specific game where we we played so well away from home in Europe, and it's certainly been a few years, as far as I can see. Easy, mate. Easy, easy. Mind you, I have had the benefit of almost two weeks to think about this, to be fair. I mean, my first thoughts about that, as you, as you well know, were that, you know, that for me, that performance uh, against Atletico Madrid was very redolent of, of the kind of play and the kind of side that we were, you know, just before 2012, you know, where we, 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 we just... We indomitable is the word, I think. I mean, very stoic. But I mean, there was the added added flavour, I think, with this one is that we we as an attacking side looked so effective as well. I mean, the reality is we could have stuffed them three or four, I reckon, that night. You know, we'd have had our shooting boots on. But in terms of um, you know, other than the you know the kind of the post <clears throat> the immediately post Mourinho era, or you know anywhere between about two thousand and five and two thousand and twelve. I think you can certainly go back to um, when we beat Galatasaray. We absolutely spanked them 5-0. Yeah. And that was in the that 99 was the campaign. Hell, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Welcome to hell. We're, We're not, not bothered. And then we yeah. go... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, remember I remember that? Cool, though, didn't yeah, I do remember that. And I, I, I seem to recall that um, in the last 10 minutes or so, the Galatasaray fans were actually applauding Chelsea because yeah. we'd basically yeah. gone there giving them... Um, such a spanking. Um, well, 5-0, mate. I mean, it doesn't get better than yeah. that. But nobody, nobody was going out there at that time spanking them 5-0 in their own backyard. The other one, of course, is AC Milan. And I, and I think that's, yeah. a, that, that's a really good comparator because, you know, that was our first year in the Champions League. This is our first year back after a year hiatus. You know, the, we, we, I was a bit unsure about how we could cope going to Atletico Madrid. They are a very good side. They don't lose at home. And yet, no. you know, we, we managed we, we managed to pull off a result. But I thought that AC Milan result was a good com- comparator as well. And I think also, if yeah. anybody remembers in the group stages, we absolutely spanked Feyenoord. But um, that wasn't, you know, that, I think you've got to consider the strength of the opposition. So I think AC Milan, Galatasaray are equivalents. 
Okay, brilliant. Thank you. Um, I, I think we have Donal back online. Do we have Donal back online? Oh uh, yes, indeed. Sorry about that. The uh, uh, the internet crash. In, in, in a, in a fantastic bit of timing. <laughs> um, I'm going to move across to you, Martin, and basically, um, Donald, like, just for your benefit um, and to prove that this is uh, we're using the same, sh well, slightly shonkier technology than the, than the fancast uses, I think. Um, but uh, we're, we're basically reviewing um, uh, Atletico Madrid, and then we'll talk about the City game because um, we, we to use the old. Um, uh, uh, Maxim, they like chalk and cheese um, in terms of performance uh, and, and result, of course. But Martin, um, I'm interested in your perspective on this, basically from what you saw and what you felt and, and, and everything, because you were there. You were actually there in the, what was it, what's it called, the Wanda? Um, the stadium called Wanda Metropolitano. That's it, yes, it, the stadium, yeah. Wanda Metropolitano. Who, it, that really does sound like um, like, like, like somebody I, I probably would have paid for favours many years ago. <laughs> you, know, you know what we Too should much have... Too Sorry, I've got to interrupt, but you know what we should have called the show last week? You know, the pish called yeah. Wanda. <laughs> Wanda, yeah, absolutely would have been absolutely spot on. Martin, give us a few, few, few views from, from, from the actual place and, and how you felt. Well, I'd also been to the Super Cup game back in 2012 when they beat us 4-1 in Monaco. So I was oh, apprehensive yeah. enough going to, going to them a second time. But um, we should have been three up within about the first 20 minutes. Morata, I think, hit a couple wide. And as I think Alex already said, they were Simeone was having to adjust midway through the first half. It was it um, it was sensational. And then. We were all talking amongst ourselves, thinking, oh, God, we've missed these chances. We're going to pay for this. Lo and behold, we can see the penalty, and we think, oh, here we go again. But then yeah. the penalty goes in. There's no, apart from that one chance right at the end of the first, arguably they should have been 2 nil up. But then after that, they second half just came back at them. And it was a 2-1 win. It could easily have been 4-1. It would have, wouldn't have flattered us one bit. Um, well, I've got to say as well is that um, we're all a bit pissed off when we w went into the away end because they put netting up around the Chelsea fans um, so we, oh, we can't see bugger all and anything like that well having watched Mitchie Batchwise score in the last kick of the game I can now confirm the netting was there to stop people in our end jumping forward and ending up in the tier below I think it saved a couple of times <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was a lot of the cargo net on gladiators when they would like run into it and start trying to kill him. It was, um, <laughs> yeah, if you've ever heard, heard the expression about an end falling, I think that was um, well and truly yeah. an end fall. Um, even yeah, being locked well, in for an hour afterwards, you know, didn't didn't dull it too much. But yeah, great a great and, week actually because we're there for a couple of days and it was just a great time. Um, Drunk my weight in Estrella, so I'm feeling the effects of it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you can hardly be blamed for that. Um, Donald, any any views? I'm assuming you watched it like I did um, from the safety of a, a, a settee. Um, yeah, I, like everyone else, I was um, massively impressed with the uh, the way they played, um, and equally gutted when they failed to take their chances. And Louise had his brain fart and you know they they got the penalty and um as martin said they could easily have gone in two nil um so we maybe a, a shade lucky with that but you know equally we should have been two or three up before that happened 
And um, yeah, you know, thinking back on the game, particularly second half, they just they didn't um, they didn't really let uh, you know Atletico ever sort of overly dominate the game. I got very worried in the last sort of ten minutes where. You know, I think everyone was going to be happy to settle for a point, and they just seemed to start absorbing far too much pressure. And I, mm. I was convinced that it would actually be uh, Atletico who would uh, who'd score a, a last-minute winner. You know, I could see that coming because we just started to sit a bit deeper and deeper and deeper. See, I so, saw that different. I kind of saw it that by that point they were going forward, but they completely run out of ideas. I thought it was. A bit like when you when the scouts don't manage to get past you in the first twenty minutes and they just start running around like lemons, panicking about what to do. It didn't look like there was a lot of structure behind it. It was like a bit kitchen sink from them. And by the I just thought they looked as bedraggled as Griezmann's shit hair by the end of it. Like they tried everything, <laughs> and couldn't get around us. Yeah, but but years of watching years of watching years of watching football have made me guard against you know, <laughs> the random the random buttock or shin, which <laughs> yeah. you know, just happens to get in the way. Uh, and, you know, uh, you're right. They didn't actually have any significant chances, but as long as they had the ball and it was my, in my our mind. half, I, I just thought, you know, it's only going to take one little yeah. bit of magic and, and we'll be undone. But, um, be on, to be honest, though, my misled confidence is probably something to do with um, me drinking shit gin all night. And being completely off the face on Gordon's, which is just shameful. <laughs> Probably numb to uh, hate of uh, worrying about the last minute buttock. Yes, yeah. I, I, I myself was a was a picture of sobriety. Um, <laughs> hence, hence the laser like focus on the logic of the game. And that's but this is this is this is where I, I, I you know I, I'm I'm like you. I, I tend to panic because I tend to think. It, it, when you're one all or, or, or whatever, you, you, or you're only one goal up, it only takes one um, misinterpreted bloody tackle, uh, you know, in the in the in the area or whatever to give away that daft penalty. And, and you know, I, I'm always amazed because it, it tends to be sort of the longer, I guess, the people who support Chelsea longer are a bit more pessimistic and a bit more. Um, doom laden about the thing. So I don't think it was your um, your moonshine gin. Alex, but mind just, you, yeah, you should try it. now hear my voice in your head saying, Tony, don't be a dick whenever you start <laughs> yes. cracking your pants. Absolutely, which is, um, for anybody who doesn't know, the first time Alex was probably about the second sentence you said to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was before uh, the game where we beat them. It was. We went, oh, we, we could lose this 3-0, and I just said, stop being a dick. I, yeah, but, I mean, you know, yeah. there, seems to be, there seems to be an element of nappy shitting creeping into this show, <clears throat> which I'm, I'm very <laughs> alarmed at, Tony. <clears throat> because, I mean, don't, don't you... I mean, maybe we saw a different match, but, you know, I think one of the most stunning things about it was the fact that we were so in control and we, we there was I can remember maybe two moments of uh you know arse gravy almost appearing and that was um when uh, Griezmann had a shot and then it was followed up and they belted it wide. Oh, yeah. And uh when uh um I can't remember who it was now, I think it might have been Bakayoko or Rudiger 
Uh, I mean, basically, it should have been a penalty for them. I think they fouled Torres, didn't they, just inside the box. Oh, my God, that's a penalty. But I don't really remember them cutting through us at all or creating many clear-cut chances. We were absolutely in control of that game. And frankly, as I said earlier, we should have been, we should have beaten them three or four, to be honest. I think yeah. Mike Gordon's think, logic as well. You know, you're saying about that last-minute penalty was, well, we've already done that and wanked it up that way. So it's not going to happen twice in a game. That was my drunken logic coming in towards the end, is that we'd already had that moment. Alex, Alex, I, uh, Alex, you know that the referee, the referee for the match was the same referee that we had uh, when we um, played Barcelona in the semi and it was two all. See, that should have been the good omen, really, in a weird sense. Yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah, he sent he sent he sent uh, Terry off, of course, and, and yeah. we still, we still yeah. managed to go through. So you know, I thought but, he was uh, like a yeah, That's the one whose first name sounds very rude. <laughs> I dare yeah. you to say it, Martin. I c- no, I'm not even going to try. Alex, <laughs> I don't know it. Somebody text it to me, and I'll say it. He's from Turkey. That's all I'm prepared to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think we live. We live in so an age. I can't where... be done for turkey bashing. I've already been called a communist this week. I can't. <laughs> I can't deal with any more internet fuckwittery based on random outbursts from my face. I think. I think it's worth um, in, in an age where we're constantly fighting over the the meaning and interpretation of language. That I, I have to take issue with our esteemed guest here. My understanding, and I may be wrong here. My understanding. And apologies to those who wish this whole conversation moved above the waistline. But my understanding of the term <laughs> nappy shitting is not um, a sort of careful consideration, uh, which Tony and I were undertaking, a careful consideration uh, of the perils that may await somewhere down the line in a football game. I understood nappy shitting to be a completely uh, ridiculous reaction to very minor events, generally Donald? carried out on social media. Would that not be... Donald, I, I have to apologise entirely, and you're absolutely right, because nappy shitting, of course, being a nappy, refers to people who are rather young and juvenile. I should, of course, in your and Tony's uh, you know, context, refer to it as incontinence pants. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's. I'm not sure if that's any improvement. I was. I was trying to, <laughs> um, I was trying to position uh, myself uh, and Tony as, as just concerned citizens, as opposed to uh, um, Corporal Jones. Indeed, credit, yes. There don't have to be. Indeed, shooting doesn't have to be hysterical to minor events. It could be major events. It's just. Yeah. It's, that random outpouring on social media, like Private Fraser, yes. we're doomed, doomed. Yes, it is. Like, it is exactly that. It's, and it, it's this constant, um, uh, that, that player just let the ball go out for a throw-in. Sell him. Sell him. He's got to go. He's no good with his feet. He's fucking hopeless. Yeah. Actually, I, I know this yeah. is a weird, a, a weird time, and I, 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 I hate to sound like Jonathan Kidd at this particular moment, but... It just brings into mind what William did against City when he uh, he took that free oh, kick, which hit the defender, which absolutely put, put social media into meltdown. But I have to say, maybe I am the only Chelsea supporter in the world who appreciates quite how difficult that was for William to do it and the fact that he should be applauded for it. <laughs> it was, I don't think he could do it again if he tried. That would be exactly. my view because it was, exactly. it was so appalling. Uh, he, uh, if you look at it carefully, it actually... Because I think we, we won the throw afterwards... Um, because it went out of play, but I, it looks suspiciously like he it hit him before it went out of play. And I think perhaps the lino was just looking at him, thinking he's going to have a shit day, so I'll let him have this one. 
you know what I mean? It was you know, have to throw have to throw William because it was he, he had a, an absolute stink of a game. And we'll move on. Actually, we'll we'll talk about because I thought the um, uh, I think like a lot of people both in the pub and and when we were you know when, even when I was walking down Fulham Broadway uh, to the ground there was a there was a real uh, upbeat sense of, of, of optimism, really, because uh, I think everybody was thinking, well, if we if we turn up like we did against Athletic Madrid, we we can give City a real game here. Yeah? Um, uh, I don't think anybody was under any, any illusions of, of just how difficult it would be, because they are, um, you know, looking um, quite quite tidy at the moment. Um, that's that's me understating it. Um, but then we turned into, um, I'll, I'll go to you, Martin, actually, because it was a very mystifying experience on Saturday I thought um, because I described our display I described the first half as dull because there wasn't an awful lot that went on as far as I could see and um, we huffed and puffed but didn't do anything and City came forward in, in droves but we seem to be uh, we, we seem to at points have three or four Macaleleys in, in, in on, the, on the field that were happy to break things up even though you know we couldn't manage a, a more than one pass or even one pass in some cases to a fellow blue but I did describe it as insipid as a performance and um, I'm wondering whether now I've been a bit harsh and whether we were just whether that actually um, uh, you know, degrades the, the performance of City who who let's face it I think were good I feel like I, I said it on the fan cast last night but if any of you have seen Mike Bassett England manager um, there's an absolutely cracking section in that um, where they, I think England get stuffed 4-0 by the Mexican team or whatever and they're all sitting around moping and, and, and Mike Bassett has a go at them and the deputy manager, the assistant manager goes, hey, but what about them bloody Mexicans, eh? Weren't they bloody good, eh? And, all this, and, and I just feel like I'm doing a bit of that, you know, and all the team going, yeah, Christ, you know, three cheers for the Mexicans. I feel like I'm doing that. So uh, I'm going to move on. You, Martin, give us a view on, 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 on Saturday's game against City. I did actually think at one point we'd had a player red carded and I'd missed it because it looked like Man City had an extra player on the pitch half the time. Um, <laughs> it was... It's not. I wouldn't like mystifying. Then they were just playing knackered. We, we, when we got out of the ground, eventually in Madrid, once we all calmed down a bit, then some, some one of us said, uh, "We might pay for this on Saturday," and that looks like ex- exactly what happened. The only positive I can really take from it is that we should have lost by more than one goal, and it took a moment of brilliance from De Bruyne to get their goal. It was. It wasn't they just walked through us. He had to actually do something quite special to get get their goal but um yeah it was just it was a very very strange game it, it kind of deflated everyone midway through the first half i think Morata getting injured didn't help either it's just like oh and then not having a recognized striker and hazard getting frustrated it was a very I, could, I couldn't even get angry at the ref that's how mystifying it was <laughs> that, that's a that's an interesting one um chidge um yeah the, the Morata. Um, moment, um, season defining or game defining. What's your view? And, and actually, just give me your view on those substi- the, well that substitution of bringing William on. Um, you know, I I have a personal view that you, you you substitute like for like when the game is level or you're or you're um, you know perhaps um, winning. But I don't or, or, or trying to get back into the game. You, you certainly don't. Um, Go with this false number nine. I, I, my firm belief is that Eden Hazard is not well, a false number nine. He's there to make things happen, not have people make things happen for him. 
So, cheers to your view. Well, you know, not, not uncommonly, Tony. You and I agree absolutely on that. I think a false number nine is about as useful as a false pair of tits, frankly. So, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, look, the bottom line is, I think Martin, Martin has a point, and I thought that too, actually. We were... City were very, very good, and we were under the cosh. Let's let's be under no illusion. But we were in the game uh, when uh, when Morata was on the pitch, you know. And the minute he went off, I mean, I, I don't know what it was like for where you were sitting, but you, you could hear the collective sharp intake of breath. Not just because I think most of us realised that we were going to really be in an uphill battle uh, without Morata on the pitch, and and also, oh my God, he's injured. What does this mean for the season? And of course, what it means now, now we know that it's going to be somewhere between four, four and eight weeks before he's back. Um, it's kind of confirmed our worst fears that uh, we don't, we just don't have enough. You know, the one area that we needed to have backup in, the one area that we don't have effective backup in. Is a is a really good striker, and I think it it spoke volumes, didn't it? That um, you know that I think nine out of ten managers in that situation would have lumped on the the you know the striker that they had on the bench. Conte didn't, and I think that that tells you everything you need to know about what he thinks about Batshuayi. And you know, without coating Batshuayi off, I actually think that he's a very, very good penalty box striker. I mean, the goal he scored against Atletico proved that. He knows where the, where the, where the goal is, and he, and, he, and he does finish well. But what he cannot do, from what we've seen so far, is to hold the ball up, bring other players into, into play, and, and, and have the technique to do that. And that's exactly what we needed against City, because what we desperately needed was for some respite. You know, that was a game where we were not going to be able to play through them, we didn't have the width that we needed to do it. We needed to lump it up to somebody who could give everybody a bit of a breather and take the pressure off. Um, going to the Williams substitution, I mean, you know, I, I would have rather put on a striker as, as you would. But I think, I, from what I understand, I think his reasoning behind it was, was to try and, you know, put more numbers in midfield and try and get some possession back because they were having a lot of the possession. But William didn't look happy about it, did he? And, and of course, it meant that Hazard was ineffective too. So... You know, I, I, wrong decision for me, but I, I, I think, again, it, it, it sent out that message that I don't think he thinks that Batshuayi is the kind of striker he wants to play in the system that he wants to play. Mm, yeah, I, Alex, I'm going to plagiarise something from you again. Would Pesto, or Pedro, as I know him, um, would he have been a better bet than, than William at that point? You know, being as William had played in midweek, would... I mean, what worries me is... I'm, I saw things about tiredness and fatigue and, you know, we've had a year out of the Champions League. It's not like we've been out for 10 years and, and, and we're not used to it. We've had a tea break, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I just wonder whether or not Pesto would have been... I mean, even I'm, you've got me calling him Pesto now. <laughs> would Pedro have been a better bet? And, and is, you know, blaming fatigue, tiredness, is that just another sign of Arsenalification? No, I don't think so because you saw the rate at which they faded. It was obvious we were tired. I think it was it was they were cancelling each other out even with Morata off. I felt that we didn't have what it took to score a goal after Morata went off, but I didn't feel that necessarily meant we'd concede. I think the difference was us rapidly fading, and the other difference was I don't think it makes a difference whether it was William or Pedro because the problem was that we stuck Hazard up front and sacrificed our best player who'd started really well in that game and stuck him mm. up front like he was a six foot four striker and crept trying to hoof it up to him. It was just nonsensical, and it also that a large part of it was the fact that William was absolute pony. 
on the day as well. Mm. Had he played better and not been really awful, he had a really bad day. And had he had he been better, it might not have been so marked. But I think when you combine the fact that he had a shitter, we took the one player that could have made a difference for us and just wiped him out by sticking him up there on his own. And the fact that they just exhausted, I just think it was a bit of a combination of everything that just gave them the edge in the end. And like you said, they came up with that one moment to go ahead. We never looked like we were going to get tanked. But it's just a bad day at the office. That's all it was. But I do, I do think that the problem started when Conte made the wrong substitution. My problem is not yeah. whether it was Pedro or Willian. It's the fact that he chose to put Hazard up front and just waste him, basically. I mean, he was always going to come off, wasn't he? He wasn't going to do two back-to-back 90 minutes in um, no. In, no. in a week. No. But, yeah, I just I thought no. Conte got it wrong. Some of the players weren't at it. Some of them were exhausted. And they just edged it on the day, I think. Yeah. You, Alex, without, without, well, I am biting in, so I, I won't apologise for it. Shut up, Gidge. But, um, <laughs> Sorry, do you, do you, I know, OK. I, 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 I deserve that, you know, in, in, in true... In, in, Stop in, talking, Chidge, it's my turn. No, go on. In true Johnny Depp, in true Johnny Depp parent parents of the Caribbean style, I deserve that. I, I get it. Um, but I, I think, you know, this whole tiredness thing, I think from a from a physical sense, is absolute arse gravy. It really is. But I, I think that the real fatigue for them was, was mental fatigue. I, yeah, yeah, maybe you know, it's if you, not... if you, if you, Hang on a minute. If you, if you, if you look at how, how they played against Atletico, and, I mean, the intensity and the discipline and the focus and the... I mean, they carried out brilliant tactics by Conte to the letter on Wednesday, and that's why they won. So I, I think to try and do that again on the on the Saturday against an equally good team, I think. I think City are a very good team, by the way, which has surprised me, actually, because I thought that there'd be a usual Pep is bald nonsense, but it wasn't. Um, but I think, you know, to try and do that again so soon afterwards, I think it was the mental fatigue more than the physical fatigue that was an issue. I think you're right. And also, I think what we haven't mentioned is um, the lack of preparation. If you think about the fact that they were clearly schooled to the letter for the Atletico Madrid game. Yeah. There was no sort of doubling up and on the sly, we're also getting ready for City. He put everything in to that City game. They got back at four in the morning on the Thursday. They had the rest of the Thursday off. <clears throat> they had one day on Friday. And obviously, they still, in a normal day, would they still not been doing all their ice bath crap and massage crap as opposed to actually sitting down and doing tactics for a game and working out the last plan mm-hmm. of how to take on City. So I, I do think they, I think... Not only because of the whether it's mental or physical fatigue, um, but also because of the lack of preparation we had. I think that one day where they played at home to Ukrainians, when we were getting ready to the next day play away at somewhere as difficult as Atletico Madrid, I think that had a big bearing on on who had the more stamina to to carry on cutting the other one out, if you like, as the game went on. That's interesting, um, because I, I hadn't really looked at it like that, to be honest with you, Alex. I, 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 I was just getting a little bit Christ. We sound like Arsenal fans when we start going on like that. No. But um, uh, going to say, you were it does, it does, split, weren't you? <laughs> it does beg the question as to you know, how that game um, would not have been Super Sunday as opposed to um, Newcastle, Liverpool, or... or, or you know, it's all the other, fact that none of the, none of the Europa League teams can play on the Saturday, can they? So that meant Arsenal had to play on the Sunday, Everton had to play on the Sunday, and then who was the other game? Well, it was Newcastle-Liverpool, so neither of them are Europa League, can they? Yeah. Exactly. You, you you know why it was on Saturday at half past five because that's when BT Sport wanted to put it. 
Yeah, but the thing is yeah, as well, that, that will happen to the other teams at some point in the season. I mean, I know it was yeah. pitching for us this week, but as long as it happens to someone else further down the line, then I'll get over it. Yeah, we've got Baku, I'm gonna bring... followed by Liverpool, so we've got one more um, dodgy follow-ups in terms of travel yeah. time rather than quality of opposition. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, depending. Have we got Roma first? Home and away, yes. If, we, if we're yeah. done, he's going to send the kids to Baku and fair play to him. Oh, absolutely. If yeah. we look like winning the group, if we get another six points, what does that put us on? Twelve? Yes. So pretty yeah. much. Is, um, considering Atletico have dropped so many and Roma have had a draw as well, I would... Would you almost say that Conte would be satisfied at having qualified and he'd set, he'd keep some people back? Or is he going to go all out to win the group? I don't know. But, I don't think there's no advantage yeah. to winning the group anymore. No. I so wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me to see him send kids to, the, to Azerbaijan. Which... For, for the hard of thinking, yeah. which is myself, Martin, wh- wh- <laughs> why is there no advantage to winning the group anymore? Surely don't you get the kind of advantage of playing away in the first leg and then home in the second? Oh, I think... That might be the only. It used to be that you'd you'd get a a lesser quality team, it, but now because the groups have been seeded differently, you, you have as much chance of getting a quality. If you look at, I think oh, you've got Bayern Munich and PSG in the same group, so if, no matter who finishes top, yeah. If, yeah. Can I ask you guys what you think about the advantage of playing away from home? Birth. I don't think it is an advantage because the amount of teams you see stung by so. They'll go away first and do okay, but then they get put in a position at home in the second leg where the other team has only got to score once and they're out on away goals. I don't necessarily... To me, it's a bit of bullshit that that's... I think think the statistics bear it out, Alex. Do they? Yeah. Don't ask me to quote them. I just know that. (laughs) Yeah, go on. I want (laughs) all of them in detail now. What was that referee name again? I'm going to jump in and bring Donald (laughs) at this point because he's... Oh, yeah, yeah. Probably sitting there thinking, yeah. Um, but Donal, I just I, I, like your view. Uh, presumably, you watched yeah. it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you were actually at the game or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. do, did any of our players come out of it with any credit? Um, yes, I think they do. I mean, I, thank you for bringing me in. But I, I wasn't uh, getting bored or anything. It was it was an interesting discussion. Plus, I was also uh, on the phone to. Uh, a representative from the uh, <clears throat> prosthetics industry um, committee who rang up to point out that um, uh, Mr. Chidge was perhaps a little mistaken when he said um, a false nine was about as useful as a pair of false tits. One, one doesn't want to get into what can be a very painful and disturbing experience for people, but, but apparently these false limbs and other such things do have their uses so we're happy to clear that clear that up and then steer ourselves away from any legal issues with the prosthetics industry Um, for the game itself yeah the thought has crossed my mind that city as they currently are are probably a better team than atletico madrid i think um defensively perhaps not but their whole setup is about keeping the ball, obviously, and that's as much a defensive thing as a as an attacking thing. You, you can't attack them if if you can't get the ball off them. Um, and I think we were always, no matter you know what preparation we had, etc. Conte style would always have been to absorb and and 
you know, nick the ball in midfield, pick up on the loose passes uh, and, and counter-attack. And so, to some extent, that was the pattern the game was following before Morata went off and, and continued, I, I thought, to follow. Unlike you, Tony, I, I found the first half sort of fascinating. I thought it was a really interesting tactical battle. I was, you know, along with everyone else, a little concerned when Morata went off and that we didn't put Batshuayi on. And yes, you know, it became obvious that we were going to really struggle to score unless something changed. Um, I can see, I think he was very successful in shutting down Sane. He was very successful in shutting down Jesus. Um, Sterling gave Alonso a hard time. Bakioko and Kante seemed to run out of steam, perhaps understandably, as we've just been discussing. Um, and yeah, William certainly had a, a terrible game by by his standards, by my standards, by anyone's standards. He was awful. Um, I kind of forgive him. I think you know he carried the team at certain times in years gone by. Although he does seem to be out of form just lately. Um, I think the standout for me, the standout player of the night was, oh, sorry, of the, of the evening was uh, was Christensen. His his performance reminded me of watching, you know, I don't want to big him up because he will have his hard times. He's young. He'll, you know, it'll be him whose, you know, miss kick flies up in the air, hits Kale on the arse and goes into the net to give Chris Palace the first goal. Kale will get the blame. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course he will. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just firmly, I'm just readjusting my incontinence pants here. To, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that is, I think everyone's saying that, aren't they? Everyone's but, saying, yeah. watch it happen, their first yeah. goal. But <laughs> Christensen, um, he just had the look of those players who seem to be playing at least 25% slower than everyone else, yet being there, you know, absolutely in time and he, he just seemed to have so much time his his body maneuver on Jesus to, to get him out of the way when he looked like because Jesus scores goals for fun doesn't he and yet he didn't really get a sniff all game did he no. and um, no. yeah he just he just you know that, that ability to just put his leg out at the right moment just you know make the little interception yes you know again Obviously, the glass is always half empty. He will end up being roughed up by some half-assed Egypt from, you know, a pub team somewhere in his career, a bit like happened with LeBeuf and Desai and people like that. But he struck me as a, as a player who, who certainly, at the age he is, looks to have the tools in, in the same way that all those great sort of defenders <clears throat> always seem to have time, always seem to know where the ball was going to be, and. Um, yeah, I take and Rudiger's performance yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I take that sort of. I think I, I, my one tweet of the of the evening was that unlike the really terrible Mourinho season, um, when it didn't matter who was defending, how many people were in the box, as soon as the ball went in the box, it ended up in the net. Saturday's performance, we seem to have recovered this ability to get the foot in get the block in, header it off the line, whatever it took against a, a very good team. It's disappointing to lose to them. 
we only lost one nil. It could have been more, but equally, it could have been a draw. You know, if yeah. someone had just tracked, someone had tracked um, the run, he, he might never have got the shot away the way he did. Yeah, it's it was a mixed a mixed thing. I, I enjoyed the defensive performance, but yes, we we're going to have issues going forward against good teams unless we sort out. I didn't realise Morata was going to be out for quite so long, but. Can I add one move. thing on another defender quickly? Yes, Just of course. Just say, yes. at the risk of breaking the internet, one player who didn't look mentally or physically fatigued, I thought, and actually stood up better than all of the ones that played in Madrid, was Cahill. Yes. Uh, I watched him very carefully through the game because I, I wanted to I double-check whether or not um, I was losing my mind and everybody else on the internet and Twitter was right, you know, these these these, uh, these keyboard warriors giving him shit and saying he's not good enough, despite the fact he's won everything and he's our captain and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I don't think Cahill put a foot wrong. He, he made some absolutely crucial blocks. Um, he reminds me, uh, and this isn't to say he's in the same league or whatever, but he reminds me of John Terry in that he's willing to throw himself in front of anything or anybody, okay? And... Um, I think when we when we talk about skillful players, he may not be the most skillful. He may not be the paciest. I'd argue John Terry was not the most skillful or the paciest. But what they had, and, and, and what Cahill seems to be emulating for me, is that kind of never say die shirt tugging, you know, badge pulling as his own as his own shirt um, mentality. That kind of proper, if you like, Chelsea. You know, you can imagine him running through a brick wall for the club um, and he, 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 he we saw it last season I think when he made the mistake again. was it against Arsenal or Liverpool I can't remember now um, and he was heartbroken heartbroken after the game and yet he managed to turn himself around get back in the season and, and basically kept JT out last season um, and we all know that they were winding JT down but I think Cahill gets a really bad press and, and he I think when you look at any of the other top teams I think he'd walk into their defence I, I he's just the new Mikel, isn't he? Basically, that's what yeah. it feels like to me. He's the new Mikel. Yeah, yeah, as in a new hate character. And I'll be yeah, interested enough, in, enough in your... people have had a ridiculous nappy shitting moan about him on the internet from the yeah. top of their armchairs, and that's it now. It's just everyone's looking for it. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, I'm going to move move on. Just want to talk about the, our progress and players. Um, I'll, I'll I'll pick this up um, with each of you in turn. I'm going to go back to uh, Chidge for this one. I think um, Alex in in um, her fantastic post match report um, basically said, you know, last year was such a surprise to everybody, not least of all the club, I should think, and the fans. Um, that in in, a, in effect, this is year one. Okay, and perhaps we should be treating it as year one. And I think most sensible people are sort of saying, yeah, this is going to be the proper measure of, of, of where we are. Um, and I'd just be interested if, we, if this is uh, year one, um, how you think we're looking? Um, you know, what would your Champions League target be? What would your Premiership um, target be? Uh, is it just a trophy or, or are you just looking for a good show, Chidge? I want to win them all, mate. What do you think? I mean, you know, of course I do. I mean, I'd love to win them all, but I don't see it happening. Um... I think it's going to be really hard to win the Premier League again this year, even though Conte's track record is one that uh, kind of indicates that once he gets on a roll, that's what he does. But it's very different in the Premier League. There are there are better teams and there are more of them, and even the shit teams are going to give you a game. And I think that's why it makes the league so tough. And I think if you look at uh, what United have, and, and City have done in terms of strengthening strengthening their squads, and, and I mean, you know... I've always been very rude about Pep Guardiola. In fact, I've always called him Pep Fraudiola 
but I think maybe I'm having to I'm having to eat my words somewhat after after Saturday because you know tactically they outdid us, and okay he's also got the money to back it up. But I mean City and United both very much stronger, and you know I think that we did strengthen our squad, but I don't think we got the kind of players that City and United can buy. And as we've just seen, I mean, we're very vulnerable if one of our key players gets injured, particularly if it's the striker. So bottom line is, I think if we if we get third, I think that's not doing too bad this year in the Premier League. I really don't, much as it pains me to say it. Champions League, uh, again, you know, the, the, the result against uh, Atletico notwithstanding, um, you know, and I, di- I think it does lay down a marker for us. And, and I think in some respects we are back. But I think that's possibly countered by the fact that, you know, I don't think many of us really thought we would get a result out there. But for me, the reality is, is that there are still some very, very good sides in Europe who I would say are probably better than us. And that would be Barcelona, Real Madrid, don't sing the song, uh, Bayern Munich, <coughs> Juventus, um, I, I, even Atletico, to be honest, um, and PSG, of course, with a ridiculous amount of money. And again, quite possibly City and United are in the mix too. So, you know, to, to, to get to the quarterfinals would, I think, be a real achievement this year. Anything beyond that, I'd see as a bonus. We're going to get Real Madrid Alex. or Barcelona or someone like that in the next round. Okay, yeah. you know it. <laughs> and you're, Dono, you're yeah. right. And, that, and that's the other thing about... The Why Champions don't we League. get the pub teams? Well, exactly. Well, we've got Carabag, but not in the next round. But, I mean, the thing about the Champions League, which everybody else forgets, I mean, we all love to do it. We're all supporters, and this is great pub chat. We're all like, oh, well, well you know, how far can we get in the chat? You know, the re- reality is, in spite of what I've said, the whole bloody thing's about mm. luck. If anybody knows that, it's us, you know. I mean, we won it in 2012... Yeah when we probably were the poorest side we'd had in it for, for, for nearly 10 years. Uh, and yet, you know, when we were the best side, we got mugged off by people with bad luck. So it is that kind of competition. Anything can happen. And as Donald says, we could get PSG, Real Madrid next round, and it could all be over, you know. Yeah. Alex, what do you think? Uh, I think last eight of the Champions League would be a phenomenal comeback into the competition. Um, just like going without looking at who you get. If you get a luckier run, maybe more. But I'd like to see us go through at least one knockout round, I think. Um, And possibly, I think we've got a better chance of doing something in that competition than winning the league this year, just because, as you say, with one injury, we seem to to be a bit screwed. Um, I said it was like... So I said that his first season, he basically, the only thing he was asked to do was stop us carrying like don't finish 10th again for god's sake do something about what happened last season nobody expected him to win the league and he did i think this would have been the year where if you when he first came in you'd have been thinking this is where he would have had a year to establish himself and now he'd be he'd be ready to give it a go for the title and it hasn't really worked out like that because he won it and then we didn't get the players we wanted in the window and I don't, I'd be really happy if we finish third and get the automatic qualification. But that said, I do think Pep's going to have problems with his defence throughout the season um, because he just he doesn't. He still seems I don't know. He still seems to think he's in Spain for me. I'm going to carry on with the Fraudiola thing just because I don't like him. But United uh-huh. they haven't they haven't played anyone decent yet. Come back when they've played someone in the top half of the table because I have a feeling that they I think they they possibly will not do as well in the Champions League. I think he really wants to win the league and actually I I want to see some proof against better sides before I start saying they've got a chance of winning it. 
Alex, yeah. on that on that point, just you might like this chat because I've got I've got that little graphic that came up the other day. United so far have played, uh, and I'll go from in ascending order. Southampton who are 12th, Stoke who are 13th, West Ham who are 15th, Everton who are 16th, Leicester who are 17th, Swansea who are 18th, and Crystal Palace who are 20th. Yes, yeah, so they Lovely. can fuck off with their whole United are unbeatable and isn't Lukaku amazing and that comeback when you've played someone who can defend. Yeah, and Pogba's out, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm, I'm so fed up looking at his shit hair. Yeah, I think they've got Spurs, haven't they? Immediately after the international break, I've seen mm. some cool reading. There's one really um, Mar- critical, critical weekend in March, which is uh, we go away to United and away to City back to back. Thanks for those fixtures. The random computer. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. not like um, the random computer operated by Czech Republic. Yeah. Martin, what do you think? Same question. Well, uh, with regards to the Premier League, I think if you, if you finish above both Manchester side, you win the league. Yeah, I'll take I'll take top three right now. I think City are more likely to win than Manchester United. I'm not still not particularly convinced about um, Man United just yet. Um, when if Matic gets pressed by you know someone who is you know higher in the league than thirteenth, then they may have some <laughs> bother. Um, a Burnley player maybe. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Well, there, there's. Burnley have now replaced Stoke as the dodgy side up north that you have to go to on a midweek. Is can you do it on a, mm. a Tuesday night in Burnley? No longer Stoke. Burnley, yeah. Um, with regards to the Champions League, um, I would say last eight. And if we do get a favourable draw, and the sods law, we won't because a bunch of us all done the Burnabout tour when we're over in Madrid, so that now means we're going to draw them in the knockout stages. Tottenham will win the group or something <laughs> stupid like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, last night, <laughs> delighted um, if, like, if we get a favourable draw. And if we put in a performance like we did against Atletico Madrid, and it's two games effectively a knockout tie, we can make the last four. Bayern Munich aren't all that either. They seem to be on the downside. They've just sat Yeah, they do. They don't they're having that nasty habit we had a few years ago of conceding two goal leads. Yeah, yeah. Um, Donald, same question. Um, I was reading uh, on social media. There's someone who does, you know, all this sort of sports stats and analysis and things like that. And um, I can't remember what the website was. It'll come back to me at some point. So I'm sorry for not crediting them. But what they do is they've got some sort of computer modeling type thing. And before the season started, they had Chelsea to win the league with 78 points, uh, which would tell you that they obviously saw it as being quite a competitive, you know, team dropping points here, there and everywhere. After the first six or seven games that we've had, um, they've now got Chelsea down as having 79 points at the end of the season. However, that 79 points will no longer be enough because they've got United and City above them. This is what they do is they, they run programs. They play the season a million times or something and, you know, put it all together. And, you know, um, I would hope that somewhere along the line, some fellas, you know, taking his pencil from behind his ear, licked it and just cut, made a couple of adjustments to the algorithm. <laughs> Based on the fact, as has just been pointed out by our colleague, uh, Ms. Churchill, that uh, uh, they haven't played anyone yet. Yeah. You know, the fact that yeah. they're going so well, I hope they've adjusted their, uh, their inner workings to take note of that. So, yeah, I... 
would we be happy with third? Yeah, I don't know. You'd like to win it again, but I just we'd don't. We'd be think... happy with third if City were first. We'd all yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think yeah. If if City aren't first and we're not first, then it, it could be a you know summer spent wandering, you know, far away from any sort of human contact. I don't think we strengthened that. And it's not a, a dig at the board. It's, you know, the circumstances, it's, we're not the biggest beast in the jungle anymore. We possibly didn't get one or two of the players we probably needed just to, to strengthen. I think we looking at what we've done so far defensively. I think we're now looking pretty sound. Um, I think yeah. midfield, maybe a player short there and definitely not to, to knock Batshuayi, but I just I think as as we've discussed, he he's he plays off someone better than he plays up on his own. He's, it's not his style. So, but yeah, um, Champions League, I don't, I don't know really. The, the Atletico Madrid result made it look like we're back to to being that sort of team who can who can play in Europe um, and wouldn't get mugged by the likes of PSG as they were. Um, it's all about the draw, really. And, um, and and who's fit at the time? I, I'd like to think we'd get to quarterfinals. I, I think yeah. that should always be the aim of a, a team like Chelsea. Um, so I, I'm, I was, was going to say, um, I was going to jump in and say I've I've got quarterfinals, semi-finals, Champions League, um, and mm. and second second in the Premiership, and, and and only because I think City won't slip up. Like they did last season, I think they've they've resolved some of their defensive issues, um, mm. and and just looking at what I've seen this season, I mean they're not they're not conceding goals, and and they are scoring hatfuls, albeit um, they didn't against us. Um, I think just to quote this as well, I think that this stat came. I think it might have came from. I think last this time in in the equivalent game, this may well have been completely plagiarised from 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 Smart Buddy as well. Uh, in that I think we were seventh and eight points off the top this time last year, and at the moment we're fourth and six points off. Yeah. So we're actually better off than we were. And we went on that phenomenal thirteen game, whatever it was, yeah. uh, unbeaten run. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen this season. time as well yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I look at it and I think you know we've, we've, we've got everything I think the Morata thing um, is potentially a bit of a blow but you would hope that we're not such a one man team um, and there was an interesting conversation last night on the I think it was it was on the fan cast about you know having a third striker well Laurenti's not exactly pulling up trees at the moment and um, not many other teams have three available strikers yeah? and Mike Ferry was on Twitter earlier on saying uh, he had a look into it and he's buggered if he can find any team that's got a third striker sort of just basically sitting there um, you know painting his toenails and uh, well, I saw and someone say as well this proves that we shouldn't have loaned out Tammy Abraham and that's just bollocks as well because you would have been we would have been remiss if we hadn't let him go somewhere where he was going to play in the Premier League all the time yeah Yes, exactly, and I think he's he's a good player. Um, I, I'm going to uh, just just chiv it on a little bit because um, what I had was well, a little chat about the some of the players, but I think we've we've covered uh, you know uh, a, a lot of them here. I'm, I'm gonna can, can I just say one more thing, Tony? Yes, of course, And you did sort of touch on it there. Uh, I don't know whether it's the 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 sort of 
final jolt of a man sitting in the electric chair or an endomorphine shot from a man who suddenly <laughs> experienced sunshine. But yes, we are talking about Chelsea. We're talking about the City game while there are still conkers in the playground. We're that early <laughs> in the season. You know, yeah, yeah, people are still uh, playing. You know, no title, I, I can't remember who said it, it might have been Shakespeare, no title was ever won on <laughs> boys and girls were playing conquest. All right. All right. Because I want to throw... <laughs> Yeah, I want to throw a couple of cats into the, uh, amongst the pigeons here because um, there's two conspiracy stories going around at the moment and um, uh, and, and I, I, I can't help but love a good conspiracy story. So the first one is, is that uh, was this Duncan Castle thing that came out the weekend that Conti's going to basically, um, uh, you know, uh, part, part from these shores at the end of the season. Um, I, I've seen absolutely no indication uh, or anything to suggest that he's not happy. Um there was talk about the fact that his family hadn't moved over yet. His wife and daughter appear to be at every home game, so he's either got a very good deal with um, Alitalia or someone like that. Um, and then the right second there. one, and no. this is... <laughs> no. Uh, or Monarch, no. Um, just, the, the other one, and, and this slightly more intriguing one, is, is that we've, we've, we touched on William earlier on uh, and what a poor game he'd had, and then a few people pointed out to me that he's not exactly had a great season so far. Um, and um, there's, this, there's this kind of underlying rumour that he's been tapped up by um, uh, the moaning, miserable uh, one, um, or checkbook Pulis, as, as Alex calls him. Um, and he's so keen to go to United that basically he's trying to engineer a way out of the club um, so he can get his dream move to Manchester United. Now, my personal view is um, you don't get a better fucking job by being crap at the one you're in generally, um, unless you're a civil servant or a politician, maybe. Um, <laughs> but the other, Boris the other one I, I, I... Yeah, well, the other one I, I keep thinking of is, is that I personally don't think the club would dare to sell another player to Manchester United, having okay. seen the reaction they got from Matic yeah. and Mata and then De Bruyne to Manchester City, um, and that we, you know, there's a danger of us becoming a feeder club. And I'm going to, I want to pull Chidge on in this one because I think he's got some quite strident views, and then, and, and then ask each of you for your views on. Um, we we'll actually just let the four of you have a little bun fight about whether is Conti going, and and are we watching William engineer a move to? A so-called bigger, better club. Chid, you, st- you, you start the ball rolling, mate. Well, I'm going to I'm going to start in reverse order in a way. I'm going to start with the whole William issue. Um, goodness gracious me! I, I think I, I can't. I, I don't buy into the idea that Williams Williams playing shit so he can engineer a move to to Chelsea. I, I, he's too good a player for that. I think. Um, and would Chelsea sell him? Um, I think they would if they thought they could get somebody better. And I and I think that. It's only the dickheads on social media who who are up in arms about Matic going to United. We all saw Matic as a player who had been in decline for a year or two for us. He had that stellar season when he first joined, and then he went, you know, after Ashley Barnes tried to kill him, uh, yeah. you know, he, he went downhill. So, you know, I think the club saw selling Matic to United for what, 40 million, was it? I mean, you know, happy days. So they yeah. got Bakayoko. I mean, I think Bakayoko is going to prove to be a much better player than Matic. And I think if they can mug United off for some stupid money for William and get somebody in who is better, then I think that that's what they'll do. And I, I, I don't think... I mean, the only people who will complain are the fanboys. 
And of course, you know, with William at the moment, you're likely to get a very positive reaction on social media because of the idiots that are on there. Um, as for Conte, God blimey, mate. I mean, you know, I, I was going to give it a swerve on the fan cast last night because um, it, it doesn't it doesn't half generate a lot of uh, vitriol uh, about even daring to talk about it. But, you know, I mean, and I think that added to the fact that Duncan Castles is such a complete cockwomble that doesn't help. Uh, you know, he's bald as well, of course. Never trust bald people is my view. You know, um, I can say that as I have a wonderful head of hair, of course. And, and uh, also because Clayton isn't on the program tonight. And of course because Clayton isn't on the program. Uh, Clayton, we love you, mate. And although he did, you yes. see his tweet after you put your shout yes, out. Yes, he's the like, best. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, I know, I know. Bless him. Uh, anyway, we digress. Um, yes. Contact. I mean, look. Whatever Castle says, and you know, like, like as I said last night, you know, uh, even a broken clock's right twice a day. Um, the reality is, is that there may well be uh, no smoke without fire if one considers a lot of the rumours that were going around for quite a while, actually, about his supposed unhappiness of the board. But I, for me, the, the bigger issue, actually, is is the, the whole the whole dynamic has changed at Chelsea Football Club. The only people who see themselves there as a constant are the board, rightly or wrongly, but that's how they are. Managers are now hired guns, and I think. You know, I know we're all a bit old school, but, you know, we, you're not going to see a manager stay for a long time. You're going to see a manager stay for anywhere between one and three years, depending on how much he's had enough of it or depending on how much the club have had enough of him. And I think, you know, I'm afraid we have to perhaps recognize this, that, you know, that, that is a fact these days, how, however unsavory and uh, potentially damaging for squad building it might be. Um I really hope he doesn't go because I think I think this I think he is a superb manager and I think he could build something but I just don't think the club give a shit I think they'll get rid of him and say well we'll just go and get somebody else and we win trophies anyway don't we so there you go yeah. it's a real funny amount of people I think yeah I mean there's this talk about um, you know we can bide our time and, and get Ancelotti back which I think would be a, a mistake I think I um, oh, I think he's 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 entering into the kind of the elder statesman of the game, uh, and I think that all of them are falling away because of detachment just through age of, from, from players. And, you know, let's face it, he's not exactly set Bayern Munich like so I'm not quite well, sure. He hasn't. I mean, Tony, if, if you look at all, all the best managers in the world at the moment, they're all quite young, you know. I mean, yeah. Pep's not old. Mourinho's, you know, actually he's older than most of them. Well, Conte, Pep Guardiola, Diego Simeone, to name three, are yeah, all young. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think that's yeah. changing in, in modern football as well, is that the the yeah. best managers in the game now are all kind of in their 40s. They're not in their 60s. Yeah. Anyone else want to come in on these two points? So that's William and, and Conte. Well, with regards to the Conte story, I need, it needs to be much better sourced than Duncan Castles before I'd believe anything out of it. <laughs> um, Basically, if that guy says, says it's Tuesday, I'm checking the calendar. This is the same crappy spun in July. So, um, I'd right. take all the and, and March and November and uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, every time there's been a high-profile defeat, Chelsea have had a high-profile defeat. He has somehow got the same story with the word slightly rejigged on the front page of the Sunday Times every time. He's or, a, clearly or a an international break. Yeah. He's clearly a shill yeah. for Mourinho and or Jorge Mendes, and he's just there to, um, you know, generate 
heat on social media. And I think if you ever look at the reactions to most of his tweets, it's just mockery anyway. And even in his own profession, the conflict of interest is a in running in joke. Yeah. Ah, um, interesting. Yeah, now there's some. I think it was Marcotti was um, said his name and almost pissed himself laughing on shortly <laughs> after. So um, yeah. <laughs> That's all you need to know, really. Never mind yeah. Paul Duncan is bald. He's the original bald fraud. <laughs> what about what about anybody else? William as well. I mean, I I, uh, I, I, I like what you said, but maybe we would just mug off United if we thought someone better was out there. But it just seems, like, you know, I I I I am uncomfortable with having sold Matter and Matic to United, and and I think the folly of of letting De Bruyne go. Um, you, you can't well, that's a, that's now look back at. De Bruyne yeah, is that a massively different, different issue, no, though, no one was isn't complaining it? at the time. We thought yeah. it's good money. He's not also quite ready. Well, yeah, but um, whoa, 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 hang on. I mean, it's a different issue because the kid was very, very young. I mean, with William and Matic, you're talking about established first-team players who'd, who'd done it and proved it over a few few years. But De Bruyne, as, as, as the guys were saying, I mean, you know, I thought he was the ball boy. You know, that little ginger ball boy that hangs down at the bottom yeah, of the Yeah, down in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right in front of us, yeah. Yeah, he looked, he, looked, he looked a better player, to be fair. I think it's worth pointing out that with the Conte situation, he he did only have a two-year contract, didn't he? Now, whether that's Chelsea not wanting to be burnt by giving people long extensions and then sacking them and having to pay them off huge sums of money, I don't know, but... Certainly, he didn't want to sign any. He longer. didn't want to sign any longer either, did he? So he was offered longer in the summer, and he didn't want it. And his uh, reckoning was that he says he believes that you get too comfortable if you've got this big long contract in front of you, and he thinks that the manager, just like the players, should be working for his place the whole time. Um, with regard to him leaving, bollocks. Isn't that Guardiola as well? Doesn't he do that? He does his a year rolling contract, doesn't yeah, he? I yeah. think. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I think I think to be realistic, Conte, you know, probably has his own, you know, plan for his career and has a career path as as far as he can in football. You know, something I think it's out in his mind. They stop club management at fifty. He doesn't want to be working every day. I've yeah. heard that before from him that he doesn't want to still be working full-time kind of in a few years' time. But him planning to go now and having already decided, it's just bollocks. So they left their kid in Italy and the wife stayed with her for the whole of his first season with us because they didn't want her to come here without learning enough English. They didn't want her to be at a disadvantage when trying to make friends. They wanted her to be able to keep up in her classes. They've done that. They've moved her here. They've taken the relocation of their child massively seriously. If he had any doubt about where he wanted to be, he wouldn't. they wouldn't have come this summer. If and he he's, also, he's also wearing suits. You know, we were a bit concerned yeah, when he had his tracksuit on, he's been wearing suits. And as for William, yeah, yeah. it's an insult to his professionalism to say that he's playing shit. I mean, he has these little downturns, and actually quite often they are at the beginning of the season as well. It takes, especially, he seems one of those that seems to get really fucked up by an international break. He'll be doing okay, and then he'll come back from South America, and he'll just be woeful for a few weeks before he gets back into the swing of things. And um, I think it's an insult to his professionalism mm. and you would have to say that if we just don't sell him, don't sell him to United, say no, you'd have to say no. And then if I think he's got at least two years left on his contract, so I think he's to the end of uh, 18, 19, I might just be making that up. In which case, in two years time, 
United won't be getting the, the player they think they're getting now if they try and nick him off us. But look at what we did when Everton tried to get him. OK, Everton's request was just hilarious. They wanted to sell us Lukaku for 75 million and they wanted Cecil Willian in exchange and we said, fuck off. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just in constantly over the last three years, there's been these rumours about people trying to buy William from us. And every time we said, fuck off, why that would change now and why that definitely would change now for Mourinho, I can't imagine. Mm. Do you know what, though? I, 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 all the talk about, con- I mean, you know, Alex is quite strident about saying he won't he won't go. But, uh, you know, the thing that, that's at the back of my my mind is that I get this I get the feeling that the board at Chelsea are incredibly arrogant incredibly naive and quite possibly stupid because they seem to you know think I mean in in a sense you know kind of following on from what I was saying earlier on the cult of the manager at the football club has gone just just hear me out you know that they they actually think that they know far more than these people that they hire in and I think the root of that is that you know, Chelsea now is run so rigorously as a business. You know, these people to them are just employees who they can hire and they can fire. They know more about it. They know more about football and running a football club than the managers do. And therefore, they're expendable. Yeah, but and, you're missing my point, which was I didn't say that they would get rid of him. I'm, the rumour is that Conte has decided he's yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying he's not planning to no, go anywhere. I, I, I accept that. And, and, yeah. and I, 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 did, I did hear what you said, and, and I agree with what you said. Um, but I'm just saying that, you know, I think we have to be realistic that if if... If the club is run in the way that it is, it therefore doesn't necessarily value the manager in the same way that we do. And if that manager in particular wants the things that he wants and wants to be valued, he doesn't feel he is, he will fuck off. You know, mm. And I think that is a reality of life these days and the way that football's run. Can I just say that while we're discussing Conte, and we also mentioned Duncan Castles and hair loss, we have had an email in from the uh, Association of professional wig makers <laughs> to wish us to who wish to point out that uh, no man need go around the world looking for <laughs> well, as, as Conte can prove as Conte proves options, options are uh, available so we've had prosthetics and wigs you know we're we're, we're working our way through it uh, all those small aids to, to better living for on, on that note, Donal, I wonder if there's anybody in the Chelsea squad who's got the balls to, go, to, to nickname and to his face Antonio Conte Wiggy. No. <laughs> no, in a word. I wonder, you know, he was reading that football yeah. um, <laughs> English. I wonder, was there any reference in there to the, you know, English use of the term syrup? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's what was in Costa's text? Fuck off, Wiggy. Yeah. Fuck off, Baldy. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Breaking news. Podding Shed World Exclusive. Costa called yeah. Ponte Wiggy. And that's why. Wiggy. <laughs> hasn't Klopp oh, done well and doesn't take nearly so much crap for it? I swear there were pictures of Klopp that made it pretty clear that he's he had, had something done. He's had a transplant done as well, yes. Has he isn't really? It, well, I mean, it, like, to be fair. All that money on yeah. new hair but doesn't shower. To be fair, he, there, there, there is there is a former member of this parish who, who 
bears more than a passing resemblance, albeit a cleaner one, to Jurgen Klopp, and that's uh, that's uh, the Kaiser, um, Johnny Dyer. Um, so um, next time I see him, I think I might well just give him a little tug on his forelock. Just, just I have said you know, that. Just as a... I said you look like Klopp if he washed. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to see if he gets a bit panicky when I just give him that. You know, the little tug on the forelock, and that. You know, obviously, I'm going to have to stand on a box to do it, being as you know, being uh, the vertically challenged out of all of us here. Um, let's go, we'll move on now. Uh, I just want a quick preview of, of what's coming up, um, uh, which is Crystal Fucking Palace, um, uh, a, a team that um, for me. Just how, they're, the, they're the new Sunderland. They, they, they seem to avoid the, the, the drop every every year. Uh, but this year, you know, six games, six or seven games, is it? Zero goals, zero wins um, on their arse. No, no strikers, no nothing. Um, and and Roy yet Hodgson. you get this. Yes, and yet you still can't help but get this horrendous feeling that something will happen um, that will make them decide that they are the 1970 Brazil side um, and, and, and try and do it. So I'm just going to ask each of you for a few thoughts on the upcoming game against Palace and then we'll do the parish notices and we can all go home. Um, uh, 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 well, we're all home, let's be honest. I don't want to make it sound like we're in a studio there where it's plainly obvious we're not. Um, but yeah, Palace, you're, um, you're anyone, Europe, anyone. So. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I, shall say, I mean, it's broadcasting live from Pyongyang tonight, yeah. What time do Farage Varos kick off? That's what I want to Because you're commentating um, on that, aren't you, for the, Hungar- the Hungarian League? Yeah, yes, uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's my other job, yes. Um, but yeah, um, Palace people, um, uh, any thoughts? And, and also, just one other little point, just, just as a point of discussion before we move into the, uh, to the hygiene bits and, uh, and whatever at the end. But I do just w- want to know, um, is anybody else slightly worried about form at Stamford Bridge? Uh, Burnley, City, Arsenal draw. Uh, I know we won the other games, but you know I wasn't, I wasn't any of them. So I'm getting, a, I'm a bit goal starved down at Matthew Harding. Um, well, actually, I wasn't goal starved because I saw three rattle passes when we played Burnley um, down my end. But um, just a few thoughts on Palace and and home form, chaps and chapesses, please fire away. Oh, Dead air is never good air. <laughs> All right, um, if. If Roy, if Uncle Roy can find a way to get past us when he's blessing the most boring man in football in the next couple of weeks, how many players has he got out on international duty? Any like little little countries? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is he is he gonna come up with a magic plan to stop Eden Hazard in the next two weeks? No. Now I've said that. Are we gonna get? Are we gonna get screwed over? Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, that was <laughs> so. That was the local Hungarian police. They're just doing a quick spin raid on me. Yeah, it's all kicking off in I'm trying to find uh, the 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 sound effect from the 1970s European football that horn and kind of goes. <laughs> you know. I know the one. Yeah, cool, dear. Yeah. No, it's, it's not that one. <laughs> I've clearly got the wrong horn. Uh, uh, crikey. Where were we? 
Uh, well, we were, we were talking about Palace and the home form. Just, I just wanted, I just wanted a general bit of abuse and banter uh, thrown around the place between you all, you know, to say what you think. I mean, I don't want to be a doom monger. I, I, I personally, I personally, my personal prediction is we will fucking trounce Palace because we'll be burning after the City game. But, but, yeah, you know, uh, it, it's Palace. What, and they, what, what, what worries me? What worries me, Tony, is that uh, Palace have so far lost seven games and have not even scored a goal yet. Uh, yeah. And that kind of, it's just, it's, it's, it's smelling of a fixture that's going to bite us on the arse. Especially when suddenly Bobby Madley rolls up to referee yeah. as well. <laughs> you know, that's what <laughs> we're regression, regression to the mean, Tony. Regression to the mean. Yes. That's what we're heading yeah, for. Yeah. Statistically, yeah. how long can they keep going with yeah. no goals? Exactly and, that. Yeah. But um, you know, you're talking about yeah. our home form, mate. I, 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 I wouldn't worry about that. I mean, you know, I think there was a, an element of bad luck about Burnley. I think Arsenal uh, played very well, actually, did a bit of a number on us, and uh, we we talked about the City game, which was a very tough game. So, you and know, Arsenal, Arsenal and City were both after the European games, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the other thing is, you know, I, I, I think. Uh, <laughs> As, as we have seen with various performances already this season, but I think that we are, you know, we are inevitably a much better side away from home than we are at home because, you know, it, we find it hard, quite hard to break teams down at home. And if you are going to defend, uh, you know, very solidly like Arsenal, I mean, you know, my comment after the Arsenal match was that they played like Stoke, you know, they basically sat there and, and, and said, come and break us down and we weren't able to. And I think a lot of teams are going to do that, and we find it hard. But when a, when a team tries to come out of us, uh, we, we have now got the players with the speed and the ability and the finishing to pick a side off. You know, the I mean, thing as well, there's few teams like Arsenal and City that will be able to pull off what they did when they came to Stamford Bridge. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Uh, but I'm not worried about our home, home performance per se, Tony. I'm really not. Why, why, why are you, mate? Uh, well, I, I just had this feeling. Um, didn't... didn't did Palace turn us over last season at Stamford Bridge? 2-1, was it? Yes. Or am I yes, imagining they did. that? Yeah. No, they did, they did. And, and, and they, did, they did the same thing in 2015-16 um, as well. And I'm looking at, at this. I mean, we, we did beat them in 2014, 15-1-0, and then in 2013-14, 2-1. So it's only in the last couple of years that, that maybe, and, and maybe that's what looms large in the memory is the fact that you, you just remember the, those uh, sort of games, but away um, we beat them one nil, three nil, and two one. And if you're wondering where I'm getting all these, there is a, a fantastic Chelsea stats site which I defy anybody to find a better one, um, uh, which has got a rather peculiar title of www.bounder.friardale.co.uk. And if you go to that, um, there's just about every redeem, every possible that you can ever get about Chelsea, including head-to-heads with every team we've ever played. Um, uh, I'll tweet it out later because it's 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 a very simple site, but it, it does give you some what, what, fascinating. What is that? What's that, mate? It, it, it's bounder b o u n d e r dot friardale f r i a r d a l e dot co dot uk. If you go to it, um, you will find that it, you, if you can find me a better stats site. Regarding Chelsea, then well done. But this is it's fantastic, and it's actually done in the style of the old, uh, if you like, the old Chelsea website, which was written by was it Alex or somebody's name was I can't remember who used to do it now, many many years ago. Um, 
but it, it's fantastic. You can find every season from the beginning right the way through, every result, every goal, everything. Okay. If we've, if um, we've lost it, the last it, two home games to Palace then, Tony, statistically they're due to lose at ours, so we can all relax. That's, uh, that's the kind of attitude I like. That's what I want to hear. Martin, you've been a bit quiet on this one. What do you think? I mean, that's Ellis Park, so that's... Um, first point to make. <laughs> oh God! Is it? Sorry, I yeah. thought we were playing at my home. Oh, away! Oh no, we're doomed. Sorry, yeah. Wasn't this where? Wasn't this? I suddenly thought we we're playing at home, but we're not. Yeah, wasn't Selhurst Park the um the scene of of a chid crime last year? weren't you there last year yelling your nuts off at the referee or something? Do I see? Yeah, you were in you... the front row, weren't you? A front two rows gobbing off. <laughs> I was. Being <laughs> I, think, yeah. I, I was, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I was. You got, you got so excited about being within earshot of everybody on the pitch that you just went fucking postal, didn't you? I know, but I, I do. But Alex, you see, the thing is, you what you've got. I mean, the thing is, Alex, you and I, very sadly, and this this absolutely has to be rectified. You and I have never sat together at any any football stadium in the world ever. Uh, particularly away, and that that would be a real treat. But I, I'm a bit like an overexcited kid because I don't get let out very much to an away match. So when I do, I tend to drink far too much beforehand and then be rather verbose during the match, if not rather abusive. You know uh, what the other quota is for the blokes like that that only get out let, let get let out very seldom to go to football matches is also not only to drink loads and loads, but to consume disgusting food that makes you just fart the whole way through the game but quietly so that wherever I stand <laughs> in the way game I will be next uh, to Alex. some middle-aged bloke spilling his gut uh, and going uh, no one knows it's me Alex I'm very, very Alex, Alex yeah, I've, got to, I've got to say Alex I think I don't think that's specific types of bloke I think that's pretty much every bloke United uh, away last year pretty... we were basically gassed <laughs> the I whole think... row was edging into the next row to escape the smell. I think you need to get closer to more men because I think you'll find that that's our default state, really. <laughs> uh, so someone, someone in Madrid last week did um, at the final whistle, you know, released their nerves in, right up my nose, and it wasn't pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it is like it's a typical bloke thing, isn't it? It's like no one can hear you, so you can get away with it in a crowd. So they Silent but violent. It. Yeah, yeah. It is, yes, yeah. It normally happens in the office when you've thought nobody was about and you think, oh, yeah, this will be fine. And it's that very moment that the prettiest girl in the office decides to walk over and have a chat and a coffee with you and you have to sit there basically thinking, it's a bit like that split smell. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way of denying it. Um, I'm going to move on now. Uh, uh, before, before we, uh, de- um, I, so, so we've all got, we're all pretty confident that we're going to do Palace. That's good. Palace, uh, right. Palace so, sorry, uh, Palace can't sit back. That goal, lack of goals thing is an issue. They can't sit back. They can't defend. They've got to attack. They're missing Benteke. They can't play Loftus Cheek. They're missing Zaha. We can pick them off, and we should win. It would take some massive episode of fuckwittery or skullduggery for us not to win that game she says that's what I like to hear completely. oh dear that's what yeah I, like. I know yeah. <laughs> okay um, well um, 
I'm going to we're going to close it uh, at this point, I think, and go into the outro part of it because we've done one hour and twenty eight minutes, which is um, which is a, a huge bumper bonus episode of the Potted Shed. Um, the first thing I want to do before we do that, though, is I want to give Alex a, a chance to to do some plugging. Now, um, Alex, for for those of you who've listened to this before. Um, uh, and, and maybe for those of you who haven't, um, Alex is rapidly becoming a, a star amongst podcasts and, and basically Chelsea in general. But um, she's actually got much bigger fish to fry in the fact that she's a, a very accomplished um, historian and worked with the likes of Dan Snow. And I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, she, it won't be long before she's toppling the, the crowns of people like um, uh, Simon Sharma and um, that uh, detestable old scrote David Starkey. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and I, I say that to he's replaced um, Brian Sewell in my uh, in my plum voiced fucking hatred of, of people who just seem to look down on everybody and dismiss them. Anyway, um, the point is. Um, uh, Alex uh, is going to go and do uh, uh, what I think is a, a particularly um, uh, risky um, pursuit in that she's going to walk across, I can't remember what desert it is, um, but it's in aid of, uh, and if you've ever walked into Stamford Bridge, you'll have seen um, the veterans in action guys standing there with their buckets outside the uh, Oswald Stoll mansions um, uh, selling the, I think it's yellow and blue um, bands uh, and what have you. My mate Chelsea Bob buys one every single week. In fact, I don't think he even takes the band now. I think he just talks to the bloke. And the uh, the guy often has a little joke about um, Bob's been funding his Ferrari for many years. But uh, <laughs> it's a very, very, very worthy cause. And it's where I saw Alex on, on Saturday um, uh, before the game started, um, you know, uh, doing her bit to, to, to drum up support, etc. Um, now, she's going to be doing this walk. Uh, it's across the desert. I believe the country is actually dry, isn't it? I mean, I don't mean dry as in desert dry. I mean as in alcohol dry, isn't it? Yeah, it's Jordan. So we're walking from the, the bottom point of the Dead Sea to Petra. Um, there's, there's a couple of us going, Chelsea fans, all from the shed, because that's where all the best people are. But... Um, yeah, so we get no alcohol. You say that it's risky, but actually that's the week. If I wasn't there, I'd be going to Anfield, and actually I think I'm probably better off in the Middle East. <laughs> I miss I miss Pulis, real Pulis, and I miss the Dirty Scousers. So actually, they couldn't have timed it better, could they? But apparently it, it won't be so massively hot at that point. But yeah, so we yeah. spend a week walking. Um, and it's, it's quite poignant because that's what veterans in action do. They kind of, they take people who've been physically or um, sort of mentally wounded and they try and sort of get them back to being their self through activities and things. So like one of the things that Billy, who, I mean, he's the director of the charity and he's out there on the street at Sanford Bridge every home game. Um, he's planning a 15 country road trip that's going to take um, some guys back through Bosnia to try and help them come to terms with what happened to them over there. Um, so it's quite poignant that we're doing sort of an activity to raise money for them. We really wanted to pick a smaller charity as well. The, the hatred you have for David Starkey, I have for certain other military charities who um, I don't like the way they operate and I don't like their ethos and how much of the money actually goes to the cost, the cause. I don't like how yeah. I don't like the salaries on some of the executives and they're not like that at all. Um, where with the uh, veterans in actions, they they really do work their nuts off for people, and they're veterans themselves, and and they've had 
sort of experiences that sort of made them want to help other people. So we'd really like to raise some money for them to help them, especially with this huge project they've now got of taking these guys. They basically they're driving from Britain through um, to the tip of Greece, which is how the 15 countries comes in, I think. Um, but yeah, they're yeah. definitely going to go through the Balkans and sort of work through some of what's happened to the guys while they're there but yeah so please do donate there's on my twitter there's a link to a a virgin giving page and we didn't use just giving because actually virgin um do not unlike them take any of your money in fact they give all of the tax breaks back that they get to your cause as well so um that's why we're with virgin because they're yeah. better than just giving and um yeah please do donate even if it's just a couple of pounds or come and see me before one of the home games and i will gladly empty your pockets and uh we'll i'll, I'll retweet again i i put uh, a tweet out earlier on um with a, a shortened version because the actual url is horrendously long it's um uh, God, it's just about three pages of, of backslashes <laughs> and, and, and various things, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but um, for those listeners who, who, who want to uh, contribute, if you go to Google and you just type in the word, as a single word, Chelsea Trekkers, um, with uh, Trekkers spelled as T-R-E-K-K-E-R-S, the very first Google entry that comes up on that page, that search page, is the one you want to click on and you can donate away there. Um, it's a very worthy cause. Um, Alex has, has written a couple of books, of, of which I'm going to be buying two copies of Passchendaele. Um, Alex has very kindly promised to sign them for me because one is for my uh, my better half and one is for my brother-in-law who has a, a huge obsession with um, uh, military First World War stuff um, and, and would really find these very, very in, interesting. Um, but um, Alex, uh, just, uh, I just want to, I'm, I'm bigging you up here because I think it's, it's so worthy because the, the books Overland and Sea, uh, Passchendaele, and you have to remind me, I think it's what the Somme, isn't there, The Hundred Days and, yeah, uh, and what have you. But you've done about four books. But you've also done one called, I think it was, uh, and I read it, it was because it was bloody escaping, Black Winter, I think it was called. Which oh, was, yeah, um, the fiction one, yeah. Yeah, which well, was Will Stanley, which is a novel. Someone shamelessly dared me to put a scene in at Chelsea. I think it was Worrell said to me, go on, get yes, Chelsea. Yes, you did. So it's like a random you did. bit and, when uh, a real game, and it's a real result from 1917 yes. when it was all, like, non-professional. And we, and it sounds so like Chelsea. It's like, apparently, we just, I read the match report. Apparently, it was 1917, freezing cold day, and we were the better side, but we just kept going on and on with all this, like, tippy-tappy shit and just didn't put it away. <laughs> <in there. laughs> oh, how very, how very, how very pleasant. I think it's the same where uh, it's... Will yeah, Will takes the young lad, doesn't he? I think to yeah. um, to the game, doesn't he, or whatever. But uh, I found it a, 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 a great read, and, and in fact, two other people on holiday I recommended it to went off and downloaded it um, straight away, uh, and thoroughly enjoyed it as well. So um, you know, for, for 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 those of you who are interested in it, if you if just go onto um, Amazon and Google Alexander Churchill, you'll see a whole raft of stuff there. But I think the main one we wanted to get across today was the walk. Um, and I know Chid has done um, quite a few war stuff, There's a new documentary that I'm, I'm in, I think, half the episode. Um, but it starts tomorrow and yesterday. It's uh, World War One in numbers. It's like a statistical look at World War One, which Ooh. is quite cool. I have no, no idea what they included because I did three hours of waffling. Um, but another a friend of mine, Josh Levine, is on. He was the um, historical consultant on Dunkirk. So he's another person uh, doing interviews on it as well. So, yeah, I hope it's good. But it's on at 9 o'clock tomorrow on yesterday. Is that yesterday or tomorrow? 
<laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> Shut up, Chidge. <laughs> I deserve that. I love you. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to move on. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll tweet the link out again, Alex. Afterwards, I've put um, I've put my donation in uh, this evening, um, but I think it's a, a fantastic and very worthy cause. Um, a few parish notices. Um, if you like what you've heard, um, then we'll be published on iTunes in the next couple of days. It's probably going to have a not safe for work warning on it because we really don't give a shit what we say on here um, unless it's um, legally dubious and then we have Donal there um, to put our list of caveats, errors and omissions accepted and, and various things like that. Um, if, you, if you like it, there's... By the way, by the way we've, heard from the, uh, we've heard from the Metropolitan Police who have, uh, who have actually, um, even now, knocking on the door of a well-known judge uh, in order to take out an injunction. To or is it because I'm a communist? No, it's to prevent to prevent you and uh, Mr. Chidge ever being together at a football game. Okay. <laughs> they believe the threat to the public safety is so great that it warrants the injunction. It's known as a football banning order, Donald. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think it's actually quite more serious than that. That's why they get knocking up a judge in the middle of the night, if you excuse the expression. He probably drinks in the same club as me, Donald. We'll be all right. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Loads of friends in high places. He'll sort it up for us. And, and if that yeah. fails, I've got friends in low places. <laughs> Uh, indeed. Um, uh, by the way, um, you can also get all of you can get all of this uh, if you just type in Podding Shed uh, in, in Google. You'll find us a website PoddingShed.com where you'll find all previous 87 episodes and and maybe it's an Easter egg in there um, of the ghost episode that we we, we famously um, managed uh, not to record one night, which we still say to this day um, was one of the best sessions. It was a bit like a bootleg version of, of one of the greatest podding sheds ever, um, and sadly, no one will ever hear it. Um, I'm going to do another couple of plugs as well. The first one I, I'm going to do is for the Chelsea Supporters Trust, which I know is very close to um, Chidge's heart. Um, I'm a paid-up member. Um, uh, Chidge, um, before the game on, um, um, on Saturday, was actually working down at Brompton Cemetery, I believe, weren't you, um, doing the Jack Whitley... Um, uh, stuff, um, but uh, it, uh, it's your chance as a fan uh, to get your voice heard by the club. Um, it's five pound, um, just five pound to become a voting member. Uh, you can um, be a non-voting member for free. Um, if you sign up, you can go to ChelseaSupportersTrust.com, um, and if you if you are a paid member, you can attend the meetings and go to events and vote on issues that directly affect you. And just to give you a clue on some of them, we have uh, ticket prices, uh, we have safe standing, and we have one that's right at the top of the list at the moment for a lot of people, which is um, scheduling of games and TVs. Um, uh, rather uh, overpowerful impact on that um, with all the rumours of a Christmas Eve evening game, which I think is absolutely shit. Um, and I know, but hilarious. It's the scouts. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm actually, I, I'm actually really, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually behind um, Klopp and Liverpool and the supporters. So I think you know there are certain things that that, that Sky. Uh, I, you know, I'm really intrigued because the next set of uh, TV negotiations could feature the likes of Facebook and Amazon and possibly Google, who will blow Sky out of the water with the money that they can bid, uh, mm. and, and may actually have a, a slightly more uh, altruistic view of 
things like scheduling for games and not arsing around putting um, derbies or games between Liverpool and you know Southampton at 11 o'clock on a fucking Sunday morning and that sort of crap. Well, those um, Liverpool fans so, get home at, what 4 a.m. on Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's 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 just it's shit, and we all know we we despise the I love the coverage that they give it, but I despise the way they have an absolute disregard for fans, and they can set up all the fan pods and all the bloody little fan funny things that they want, but it's ultimately gives you the a occasional scrubbing really. ice cream if you get there three hours early, which I know I live yeah. for. <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't know. I'll have to find out more about that. Um, you can follow the Chelsea Supporters Trust um, uh, on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. Um, and I'm going to give you just one more plug because actually this is a, this is a, a, a great bit of fun uh, that we have. Um, we're nowhere near as polished, but I do want to give a plug to um, uh, 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 to the Chelsea fancast. Um, Chidge has become a friend, um, and we've we met each other through basically Twitter and this, the fancast and podcasting and that sort of stuff. It's a fabulous show. I'm, I'm uh, a reasonably frequent guest, as is Alex. Um, Martin has yet to make his debut because um, I think you know. Uh, Told me to just piss off, mate. Enough bucks that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, uh, but it, it's a great show. You can you can catch it every Monday night between seven and nine. Um, and in in the words of Martin Tyler, it's live. Um, whereas this one, of course, is is recorded, edited, um, dehumidified, and um, somehow more uh, and also, at the end of it all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it is actually. Um, but um, you know, I, I love the fan cast. I love going on, and it's a real pleasure to have Chid on this one. So, um, the next Podding Shed. Well, I've put written down here that the next Podding Shed will be in two weeks after the break and after the Palace. But the caveat to that is, you have to remember, we pod when we want. Um, I'd like to say thank you to everybody. Um, so I'll go around the houses. Thank you, Donal. Uh, thank you, Tony. Can I just say that? Um I'd like to, we haven't had any musical contributions tonight, obviously, because there's so much else going on, you know, the need to discuss people's toilet arrangements, etc. Um, <laughs> but we we can't overlook the fact that uh, we've had yet another player leave. And yeah. so I think we should, yeah. we should play out on our, by now, traditional um, time to say goodbye. So once you've done the goodbyes to everyone, I think we'll have a little bit of... Uh, our old friend Andre Bocelli, and say goodbye to uh, to none other than Mr. Diego Costa. You are a fucking bomb pot, but you are a bomb pot, <laughs> and we'll miss you a bit. Yeah. Maybe. I, I was going to say something much missed in this parish, but perhaps yes, a little more emotion would have. <laughs> um, Martin, thank you very much indeed. You got to throw in anything at the end before we go into we burst into song. I've heard a rumour that the next episode of this podcast was going to be recorded on Christmas Eve. Can you confirm or deny? <laughs> <laughs> I can most definitely fucking deny that, Bill, because um, my life would not be worth living. And besides, who wants to be... I want to be in my local when it's packed and people are pissed and being stupid and, and, um, and whatever, and just generally nice to each other. So, you know, I'm a traditionalist like that. Um, uh, I like my Boxing Day football, and I like <laughs> it at three o'clock. Like your, um, that's how you like your religious festivals, is it? Yeah, I'm an atheist, I don't see it. I see it as winterful. I, I don't even call it Christmas. Happy winterful, oh. everybody. Um, <laughs> and Alex, uh, an absolute pleasure. Do you want to chuck anything in at the end? 
Yeah, just because we're doing like parish notices, I'll say for Costa what we said for Checkbook Pulis, which is for everything you were to us that was awesome, we thank you. And for everything else, we're glad you're somebody else's fucking problem now. (laughs) (laughs) That would certainly should become a fucking motto at the club, that one. (laughs) And finally... Finally, uh, a very uh, big thank you. Um, it's been great having you on. I, I hope you've enjoyed actually just being a guest rather than um, the David Dimbleby of the podcasting world. But, um, Chidge, uh, an absolute pleasure, mate. Well, the pleasure's been all mine, Tony, and it, it's lovely to be back on. It's been way too long. In fact, I've enjoyed it so much that I've actually decided to give you some breaking news that our next Chelsea fancast, uh, which will be the 400th episode, will be the last, and I'm going to come on here every week. Yeah, I've, I've got to say this. Uh, me and Chidge, because uh, I know that, that that isn't actually true, dear listener, but I, I, uh, we did actually yeah, once did. discuss, I think, on the, 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 the very first Real Al train we went on, I think we did discuss the idea that, that it both briefly uh, crossed both our minds that we could retire after we won the Champions League as Chelsea fans because basically we'd fucking seen everything and we'd had we'd done all the hassle and the shit and the heartbreak and the pain and the crying and the and the stressing or whatever. And now we could sit back and say, well, we've fucking seen us win everything now um, and try to give up. And of course, that you realised you realised that you were both attention-seeking media whores <laughs> and that you couldn't possibly live without being the focus of a fan club. Uh, you. You you know us so well, Alex. That's God all bless I can you, say. Yeah, yes, indeed. Um, and on, on that note, we'll say good night. We'll let Donal play out. Um, Donal, I believe you have some music for us. Please have some music for us. Not dead air. <laughs> he looks as if Donal's still online. <laughs> Donald's got a good voice to be fair. Jake, I could have done that. Thank you very much, and um, until the next pod in shed, uh, goodbye.